Welcome to Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And now for your weekly recap, a timely review of this week's top headlines and takeaways. Here's your host. Welcome to Inside Towers Week in Review. I'm Leslie Stimson, Inside Towers Washington Bureau Chief. With me are John Salentano, our business editor, and Jim Fryer, our managing editor. This episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence, a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. It looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions, and more. Intelligence is designed for managers, marketers, and investors. Our Q4 issue is available now. An annual subscription also includes an exclusive briefing and online support. In fact, we had a briefing last week. For more information or to subscribe, visit insidetowers.com slash intelligence. And John, that brings us to you. You're going to talk to us about U.S. wireless. Yes, Leslie, um, with first quarter earnings calls um, from the big three uh, mobile network operators, Verizon, T-Mobile, and AT&T, we're getting a better picture of what the capital expenditures are for this year, certainly, and with some outlook over the next coming years. And the net net of it is uh, things are looking up. Um, in fact, we expect, based on our analysis and, and computation of the data, that <clears throat> 2022 will be the high point in capital expenditures in the, in the wireless networks for the next several years. Uh, you know, there's a number of factors at play here. Um, Certainly, all, all of the, the, the big three are, 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 are full speed ahead on their 5G deployments. And on top of that, they actually have incremental um, investments in deploying specific spectrum bands that they won recent auctions, and namely the C-band uh, and the AT&T and Verizon have put uh, 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 incremental investment um, um, budgets for that. Um, and, and also the 3.5 gigahertz. So the, this, this upper mid-band spectrum is, is really important and valuable to, to both of them. And they're, they're um, putting out funds to deploy that spectrum by um, deadlines as the, um, certainly in C-band as the satellite operators clear that part of the spectrum. Um, so that's adding from each company over the next three years, about an incremental $10 billion on top of what they normally spend, which is in the range of about nine, 10 to 11 or so a billion. Um, and T-Mobile has upped its uh, budget for the year to uh, 13.2 to 13.5 as it uh, continues its nationwide build out. It uh, transitions its um and, and decommissions uh, uh, sites from uh, it acquired with Sprint, and um, and, and continues to uh, to roll out uh, both uh, nationwide and um, um, uh, ultra capacity five uh, G, uh, both on a, on a wide area network and on a fixed wireless basis. So, um, so we you know our tally shows that. 2022 will uh, U.S. wireless capex will hit around 46 billion just based on those three companies alone, and then you on top of that you factor in Dish, uh, which reported today will add another two and a half to three billion for the year. U.S. Cellular, which also reported today, is uh, guiding to another seven to eight hundred million 
for their for their network activity. And then, you know, on top of that, you add the regional uh, wireless carriers that, that collectively spend about three to, to 500 million each year. So um, now uh, once we get by 2022, things start to taper out a little bit uh, as we um, 2023 will be the the sort of the big year to wrap up the C-band deployments, and we'll see budgeting uh, drop off a little bit there. And um, Dish, uh, I'm sorry, uh, T-Mobile will have rationalized a good part of its network merger with the Sprint network, and it'll start to scale back a little bit on their um, on their uh, network investments. But I think going out uh, to 2025, we can still expect the level of expenditures to be in that uh, 30 to 35 billion a year range, which is really uh, well above historical levels uh, overall. So, um, you know, I think uh, all of our, all of the vendors, the equipment suppliers, uh, contractors and the like can look forward to uh, a few more years of very high level of activity from, um, from their, um, their, their carrier customers. And uh, we're going to track it, uh, you know, as, as uh, these carriers um, uh, update their numbers. Thank you, John. Uh, one of the points you touched on was C-band. The dispute over the safety of 5G C-band signals near airports will linger past this summer before reaching a solution. That's according to Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. He told the Senate Appropriations Committee last Thursday that dialogue between all the parties is encouraging, and AT&T and Verizon agreed. Um, Susan Collins of Maine, Senator, asked whether uh, to expect future disruptions when the voluntary agreement by the FAA, the FCC, the Transportation Department, and the carriers expires in July. The deal restricts 5G signals near certain airports, um, and the FAA has been working with equipment manufacturers and airlines to identify radio altimeters that are uh, older and problematic and can't block out those 5G signals. Um, Mayor Pete, he tried to allay any uh, further fears of flight disruptions uh, by highlighting the collaboration that's happening among the carriers and the FAA to ensure that 5G can coexist safely with air travel. He said we're in a much better place now than we were back in December and January. And the carriers echoed that. Um, AT&T said it will continue to work closely and collaborate, collab it'll continue to work closely with the FAA and is encouraged by the progress made so far. Verizon said it was very encouraged by the collaboration and the pace in which the FAA, the FCC, the airlines and the communications industries have addressed the issues. And then I had a follow-up article. Uh, there was a meeting on Wednesday, the FAA met with airlines uh, and manufacturers. They are trying to uh, convince the airline industry to phase out old radio altimeters and either retrofit the ones that remain or have the airlines get new ones. Um, they didn't want to comment after the meeting was over, but that was the gist of it. They, the FAA says it has been holding daily meetings with AT&T and Verizon um, that have really helped along this issue. 
And we reported in January that the FCC, or excuse me, that the FAA said it had issued authorizations for about 90% of the U.S. commercial aviation fleet. Um, so that's what's going on there. Leslie, I, mm-hmm. I know the past uh, few months over all of this, the trade associations have come out saying that this is kind of a lot of much ado about nothing, that they, they point out that in European countries that this is not, this is not an issue. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the spectrum that's being used in Europe is slightly different than the spectrum here. I can't quote exact frequencies. Um, there's also, there's other differences too. Um, it's, it's not apples to apples. Uh, they've been, and the trade associations like CTIA, they've been pretty quiet about this lately. Um, so the real work is getting done now, which is good. It's too bad it didn't happen two years ago when the FCC, you know, suggested to the FAA they might want to get started on this. Um, and the FCC thoroughly researched this and said, we don't think this will be an issue. But, you know, at the time it was a question, was the 200 megahertz guard band going to be enough? And the answer was, well, we don't really know until the planes start flying and 5G is in operation. So it's a work in progress. Yeah, I, I looked at all at this as well, <clears throat> and that was my question. You know, when is enough separation enough? Uh, like you pointed out in the U.S., uh, that if you count the difference from where C-band operates and where the um, the radio altimeters operate, <clears throat> excuse me, that's it's it actually is 220 megahertz. Europe is a little wider because they operate at a lower portion of the C-band. They actually get up to about 400 megahertz separation, so they they consider it a non-issue with that degree of separation. But even at 200 megahertz, I'm, I'm you know I'm how 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 much do you need to protect uh, these altimeters? So if there's a concern, obviously we have to look at it. But there seems to be adequate bandwidth separation to 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 minimize the the, the effects of this. And it, it's good that the FAA is finally. Moving on this, because Mm -hmm. a big question hanging over this has been, well, if the radio altimeters are not able to block out the signals, um, well, who ends up paying for the new radio altimeters? Well, the aviation industry, you would think, (laughs) would, because it's their equipment. The FCC recently uh, has proposed a rulemaking to make receivers more efficient, all receivers. So that'll be interesting because um, this they're saying that um, this C-band with 5G operation issue is, is a case where radio receivers that aren't using frequencies efficiently, you know, need to be brought into line. The FCC has so far focused on transmission uh, mm. uh, limits but they have ignored pretty much receiver limits. And now they're finally digging into that. Um, so this whole, this whole story has many legs and we'll continue to watch it. So Jim, that brings us to you. You're gonna to talk to us about uh, Tower Workers Union? Yes, um, there's a, as we've reported, uh, and most of the industry has now woken up to the fact that the, there's a fledgling Tower Climbers Union TCU uh, underway uh, that's been building. Um, now, 
claiming about several hundred uh, founding members across 35 states. So uh, this past Sunday, which happened to be uh, International Workers' Day, uh, they held a town hall meeting, CWA did, where they, I, I guess, sort of officially launched their union, or at least their first time of actually coming together. And having watched the, the video, this, it, it, as any anything that's being created uh, like this can get a little contentious, and, and uh, that certainly was the was, was the case here. So there were some some raised voices and some uh, uh, some posturing going on, and uh, it was all all very lively and uh, interesting. But the the net result was that uh, it was members uh, who were trying to focus on sharing their vision for the future and, and developing the efforts to improve conditions and standards for the wireless industry. And that's why they had, had joined the union. Um, they discussed topics uh, including work, uh, balance between work and life, uh, health and safety, pricing in the industry, wages, working conditions, and, and uh, a lot more. So it was uh, they kind of ran the gamut of, of, of a lot of industry issues and and how um, banding together can uh, could 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 affect them and um, um, the, the president of the CWA is a man named Chris Shelton he spoke to the group uh, encouraged them to uh, keep up the organizing effort keep fighting for what they want Shelton said that uh, we have to get as many people as we can to fight the good fight, make sure that these companies understand uh, that they have to give you the respect that you deserve in a job that's very, very hard to do. So that was uh, a take from the president of the association. We will uh, keep following their activities. This particular meeting came uh, not too long after uh, the tower climbers uh, at Qualtech out of Henderson, Nevada filed a petition with the National Labor Relations Board to uh, hold a union election. So, um, you know, all that, all that is afoot. Uh, and uh, as it gathers, gathers some steam, we will uh, continue to report on it. Has the CWA said how many people have signed up for the new union? Or are they still at the point where they're trying to generate interest? As far as uh, membership, they're they're saying they have a couple hundred members, but as far as um, you know, it, it does boil down to workers in individual companies have to vote and come together and, and vote, and then uh, to to become part of the union. So it will, if it happens, it will sort of happen in clumps, uh, fits and starts, I guess, uh, as um, more of them come together. Obviously, the, the major carriers all have CWA is, has has their footprint with the with the major carriers, um, but as a as a separate tower climbers union, uh, it's still in a you know very fledgling stage, and um, you know will will progress uh, as workers at individual companies who are large enough, such as a Qualtech, uh, will, can uh, file a petition, 
with the NLRB to hold a union election. Is the list of um, <clears throat> particulars that they're they're sort of um, moving forward on is that it, it, it's it's more than just one factor as we understand, right? I mean, it's not just compensation; it's working conditions. It's uh, working conditions, safety, uh, pay. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of things that are affecting the industry now is, and, and that are affecting employers as, as far as, uh, you know, compensation, getting paid mm-hmm. on time. And, and uh, um, you know, that's that's hitting the uh, hitting their employers just as hard as it is hitting the workers. You know, maybe collectively that can could help that in the end, end run could, you know, speed up some of these uh some of these delays that, that we've seen in in compensation uh, across mm-hmm. the board by the mm-hmm. by the major carriers. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to Inside Towers Week in Review. For a complete rundown of the week's news, check out our Saturday edition. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.